Dribble Play Podcast back with you. It's Heard at Sports. Jabba Chamberlain, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. And we welcome in Jerry Ferrara as he joins the show. And Jerry, nice to meet you, man. Thanks for jumping on and uh, being a part of Triple Play. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. And it's nice to see someone else has a broadcast mic headset combo. I just, I'm kind of doing my, uh, you know, my broadcaster impersonation. It makes me feel like I'm calling a game. So this feels good. Good to be here. Thank you, fellas. I appreciate it. Well, you, you can pick one game, one event. What are you calling? Oh, man. You know, I I think I'm calling the NBA Finals if it's the Knicks. Like, if the Knicks ever made the NBA Finals, so you know this is never going to happen. If the Knicks made the NBA Finals, Game 7, although I'd be so nervous and excited, I probably wouldn't be able to speak. So are you, Here's uh, the thing, Jerry. Here's the thing. I've been a Nuggets fan my entire life. Okay, I went through the Carmelo years, the AI years, and I thought – it's never going to happen. The Nuggets are small market. Anytime they get a superstar, he's going to go off to play for someone like the Knicks. And it finally happened after 24 years of my life. It finally happened. The Nuggets made it. The Nuggets won it all. I told myself for years it's impossible. So I'll just lay it out there for you. It is possible as as against all odds as it may seem with your Knicks. I mean, you have a better chance than the Nuggets. The Nuggets finally did it. So. Uh, you know, that sounds like a lot of optimism that I just don't have. <laughs> you are a New York sports fan, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, I've been treated to lots of championships with the Yankees. Giants have given me some championships as well. Uh, you know, Rangers. Now I'm not the biggest hockey fan anymore. Used to be when I was a kid. So, you know, I, I did okay. But it's just that one sport, man, just just killing me. So, Jerry, going on that, okay, so you're in Ohio right now. Right. Talk about the sports environments similar or different from New York and Ohio and how they may be similar, they may be different. So, yeah, so my wife grew up in in Cleveland. We met out in L.A. probably like 12 years ago to this point and then moved back to New York. And we started having kids. We started spending more time here. So I will point out. I have a big problem. We have a four-year-old and a two-year-old. Am I going to possibly allow my kids to root for both the Knicks and the Browns? Or am I not just setting them up for like years of therapy? Like that's just like (laughs) the Browns and the Knicks. That's two of the most tortured franchises ever. But one of the things that made me confident enough to say, we could spend more time in Ohio is the fact that it is a great sports town. I found, and I really enjoy talking to the fans and it's nice to, you know, you grow up in New York, the the fans of other teams are, you know, if you're a Yankee fan, you're dealing with Met fans. And there's always tension. And and similarly, Giants, Jets. It's nice to talk about another city that you don't necessarily, like, I don't love or hate them. They're whatever. There's no rivalry there uh, with the Browns anyway. So I, I've always respected the Cleveland fans. They really are knowledgeable. They care a lot. Sports is so big in Cleveland. I feel like it's just such a big part of even the economy here. No, big time uh, with NFL and just football in general, right? With the Ohio slash Ohio Valley. I mean, you're surrounded right. by college football and NFL franchises and like decades long. Uh, Uncle Artie left me out of my will, out of his will, because uh, I, I went and wore a Baltimore hat when they uh, when they took off from Cleveland. Right. Uh, you said you're a Knicks fan. So. Tortured, That's an statement, by the way. <laughs> to, to, tortured Knicks fan, or man, I got to give those Bulls and those Jordan Bulls 
props because they, I mean, New York could have had some championships, dude. He just had trouble getting through Chicago like everybody. Uh, Boston, of course. I mean, you know, you and I are the same, similar age. So, um, yeah, I mean, there was just some roadblocks there. Eventually, you guys got to the finals. Yeah, we had to wait for Jordan to go play baseball for two years to reach the finals. <laughs> so that's fine. You know, technically, the Knicks have never reached the finals in the Jordan era because he was not <laughs> there for those two years. Uh, look, it was hard growing up because the Knicks were really good in the 90s. And when the Knicks are good in New York, too, similarly, it's like when the Yankees, those are like the two Giants are great. Jets are great. Definitely a football town. But baseball, basketball for me as a kid were the two, mm-hmm. you know, big time sports. And both those teams were good at the same time in the 90s. And I cried. I cried after the 1994 finals and they blew a 3-2 lead to the Rockets. And yeah, Michael Jordan, like you got, I just, you take your hat off. It's like you knew you were witnessing greatness. Even at a young age, you knew that it's like, this is not normal. One guy does not beat the same team over and over and over, year in, year out, just like that. Usually the other team gets their day once. Never happened with Jordan versus the Knicks. So, you know, you got to give it, tip it to their, to their greatness as annoying as it is. Now I watched Last Dance. It's like a horror movie when I watched Last <laughs> <Dance>. <laughs> Yeah, that, I love that, that documentary. But from a, if you're a Knicks fan, totally get where you're coming from because they show Smith get swatted oh. four times and then that the okie doke baseline. I was always waiting for Oakley to throw Jordan 17 rows into the garden seats. Right, me too. But you know what the ironic thing is? Oakley and Jordan are were, dear friends. Boys. Yeah. yeah, Oakley was on the Bulls. It was actually that trade that helped allow the Bulls to get to that next level. I believe it was Cartwright and some other stuff for Oakley and some other mm-hmm. stuff. And that set off the, the dynasty. Yeah, Jerry. First of all, Oakley can suck my nuts because <laughs> literally we were playing in a charity pool tournament for Dwight Uh-oh. Freeney in Tampa during spring training. Okay. And it's, and it's him and Jordan. Cause there's thick as thieves. <clears throat> Oakley scratches on the eight ball. Mind you, I'm a basketball fan as well. Right. Like I, I mean, I was a BJ Armstrong guy. Like I, okay. I love John Paxson. Love it. I mean, even Bill Wendelin, if you want to go there, but <laughs> Saint <literally, John's> guy. <laughs> he scratches on the eight ball. Mind you, I'm 22 years old. And I am a huge basketball fan. Scratches on the eight ball. Jordan's right next to him. He's in the he's in the, the finals. Shocker. And he tosses me the eight ball and he goes, You don't want to win like that, do you, kid? Ooh. What was I supposed to say? He threw the gauntlet down. You got to accept that challenge. I have to. And then I ended up losing. So <laughs> that that didn't end well for me. I think you made the right choice though, because uh you know, he called you out. You could have just took the win, and then you know he would have told MJ if you would have been facing him in the finals. He would say, yeah, I scratched on the eight ball, and MJ would have started chirping at you. You oh, would have never I'd, had a shot. I'd have been over with. And, got <laughs> yeah, I I definitely was losing no matter what. It yeah. didn't matter. But, yeah, Oakley, you, yeah, fuck him. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Ferraro with us here, the Triple Play Podcast. You know him. Uh, I mean, mainly how I know him, your old turtle in the Entourage show. And and we've kind of given or excuse me, dove right into the sports conversation. I know you're a big sports fan. It's how you and Jabba kind of got to know each other years ago. Yeah. The fact that you were a big Jabba fan, you guys connected on Twitter. We were talking a little bit about that before the show. So first, I was going to ask you a little bit about that, the the Entourage role and kind of uh, 
leading you to some fame, but quickly, can you guys lay out how you guys know each other? It's a really interesting connection because Java Texas a couple weeks ago, you guys know the Entourage show. You guys ever seen Turtle? I, I know him. Like, wow, what a small world. Well, what's what's the story behind you two getting to know each other, meeting each other? Because Jerry, you're a big sports fan and, and Java, you like the show Entourage. And it just seems like such a uh, an interesting connection for a, a baseball player for the Yankees to have. Hey, I know this star from Entourage. Well, yeah, I mean, I, mean I, Jabba, I don't want to call you out, but I mean, you kind of, you know what you did, right? You know what you did. You yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be that dude. I slid in his DMs. That's 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 exactly what happened. I mean, <laughs> I guess I'm thirsty at that point. But I was like, you know, real recognizes real when they're good. And it's like, you know, just just seeing it and like the whole thing of like just knowing the show and then and finally getting to know Jerry and, and the fact that like, that's not fake. Like that is who he is. Like he loves sports. Like he loves everything about it. And, you know, he's rocking jerseys and doing everything. I was like, this is a dude that like is a dude like, and, you know, just seeing him and, and, and all the other things. And it's super cool to have that relationship where paths cross by, you know, just the fact that you're a fan of one another. And, and I think it's super cool. And, you know, being able to watch him and, and shows like power and, you know, his movies and stuff. And it's, it's so all relative, I think, because how you prepare for a game is how you prepare for a movie or a show. And one thing I always wanted to know, and I've never asked you this, do you like shows better or do you like movies better? Movies are great because it's typically something that you're involved in for anywhere from two or three months to six or eight months. And you're like a family. But then you do you end the movie and you go off and that's typically it where. With the show, at least in my experiences, and I'm very, very fortunate because I was on two shows that ran for a pretty long time, you really do become a family. It's similar to a, a team in a way, not to go back to sports, but I always make these analogies too, uh, especially particularly like when everybody recently was on Julius Randle. And it's like, I couldn't imagine if it's like year three of Entourage, right? And we're rocking and rolling doing well but then there's like rumors like i think they're gonna trade ferrara they want to run them <laughs> you know like the like that's just something actors don't really have to deal with i mean people get fired all the time and that stuff does happen you mess up off the offset and you will be off that show it will mess with your career but you don't really typically see like they traded ferrara for the dude from the office for rain wilson you believe that with a blockbuster trade? And by the way, might be cool if that did happen, actually. We might be on to something here. Uh, I always prefer TV, and maybe that's just because that's what I've done mostly in my career. But I like, I do like playing a character for six, seven, eight years. Because if you look at where Turtle, when Turtle, when that show started, I was 23 years old. You know, when we did the movie, I was 35. So it really was a full, you really got to watch this guy's life. And then I get to look at those, not that I watch those episodes, but I'll show my kids one day and I associate everything with what was going on behind the scenes. So I'll be able to watch an episode and I'll be able to say, oh yeah, we, uh, we went out that night and Dylan got whatever, you know, it's like a time capsule of your life. So do you, so do you, that's another thing that just, so do you watch them? Like, do you go back? Like I never was a fan of like watching what I did. Right. Just because I thought it was weird. Yeah. I, Do you I, go back and watch, like, watch them, like, just to see your transition as a human being and that, as a man? 
So, you know, when they were actually airing, I never, I, I, I would always go whenever we'd finish shooting a season uh, and the episode would start airing, I would just go to Doug Allen, the creator of the show's office, and I would watch them in his office before, early before they aired. It does give you a little bit of sense. In a way, it's kind of like watching tape, like you're watching film, seeing like, oh, well, this storyline's really popping and we could lean more into this next season. But when they aired, I just was like, you know, just don't get canceled. Hopefully the show gets picked up. Uh, now, years later, I don't watch it religiously or anything, but whether someone inspired, I, I actually see more of it on social. People are sending me clips all day long. So I really don't ever watch an episode, but yeah, I'll see something that I'll have a little fuzzy memory on. And then I'll look and I'll be like, God, I was so young and stupid <laughs> and didn't even realize what kind of, I mean, I, I always appreciated the situation I was in, but like, man, you really did have it by the balls, kid. You really did. And uh, it's, it's fun to go back now as an older guy and, and look at that stuff. Schmitty, shut your dogs up. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know what's going on. Hold on a minute. Jerry, whenever you, you talk about the, uh, the element of, of being in a long-standing television show, one of the things that always throws me off personally is like, I go see John Krasinski and all the movies he's in now. And it still is like, that's Jim from the office. How are you uh, a U.S. Army soldier? How are you in a quiet place? Like, it always throws me off. Have you ever experienced that, like going out and meeting fans or meeting a guy like Jabba, him expecting you to be Turtle from Entourage? Have you had to, had to deal with that in your life? Oh, God, yes. And I would say I typically disappoint a lot of people. <laughs> what I mean by that is like, <laughs> you know, I, and it, like, it doesn't happen as much anymore. And it's it's funny. That was always something I was really afraid of as a kid, as a younger guy, especially back in the early 2000s where typecasting was still very much a thing where like if you did TV, you didn't really do movies. You were lucky if you were getting a part in the movie. Uh, and people really got, and similar, if you did movies, you didn't do television because you're a movie star. And as you watch over the years, it evolved so much where now everyone does everything all the time. It doesn't, you know, you have movie stars doing TV shows, TV stars doing four movies on their break. All those rules are kind of extinct. But yeah, I was very, and quite, quite often I'd, I'd be out, especially in New York, man, if I'm in New York or LA, but mainly New York, forget it's open season. And I guess I'm, very approachable. I always say someone will come up to me excited way before they go up to Brad Pitt. And what I mean by that is I think they see Brad Pitt, they're like, oh, shoot. They're like nervous. Me, they throw their arm around me. They want me to smoke weed with them. I'm like, I'm not smoking your weird weed. I don't know you. It's probably <laughs> laced with something. Then they're like, let's do a shot. And like, again, I'm not trying to. And they're very disappointed that I won't smoke weed with them do a shot and take them to the Playboy Mansion. I'm like, you guys do know it was a show, right? I mean, it was a cool, it's cool. It's flattering, but uh, I've always, I give what I get most of the time. Everybody's real cool and it's a really great experience. And I'm grateful every now and then you get someone who either wants to give you a hard time or they just can't separate the, they can't. And maybe it's because we're in their homes sure. on TV and they cannot separate that I don't live with three other dudes in a mansion in LA. They can't separate the two. Quickly, so, this is a question for both you and Jabba. That, that just ha got me thinking here. What's the most bizarre fan interaction you guys have had? There any stand out in your memory of like being especially bizarre? I mean, yeah, most of them are bizarre just in the mere fact it's like my favorite thing, and Jerry, you can probably talk on this too. It's like if you're eating and it's like, I hate to bother you. 
Well, no, you actually don't hate it because I'm literally eating with my family. You don't hate to bother me. Like, I think it's just, and, and of course, very thankful and very grateful for like, obviously being recognized or whatever. But it just, I think they're all somewhat a little bit. And I, I think that's why people that are in the limelight are in movies and whatever, they can relate to each other because it's like, you know, when you see somebody, you just, it's, it's a mutual respect. Like you're not going out of the way to like, Hey, like, can I get an autograph or whatever? No, it's just a mutual respect, a handshake because you know what it's like. And it's normal's not a word. And I don't believe normal is a word, but we've been in the limelight and we've done certain things where it's just like, when you see somebody in the mutual respect for what it is, I think it's just, great to to have that dynamic of it but when it's somebody else it's like they they don't want to like literally cj stroud came out and he's like basketball want to be football players football players want to be basketball players all want to be baseball players <laughs> i mean and that's just the way it is but at the same time it's like you know being you know in in shows and stuff like that just as an appearance and doing stuff but not making it a career. I think it's just the mutual respect of like, so I don't think there's really any weird encounters other than just like the fans, I guess. I mean, it's called a fanatic for a reason. And then that's what it is. I've had like, I've had some funny ones. Uh, I, I the ones that just popped into my head quick off the top. Uh, I, I was followed into a bathroom <laughs> and I'm peeing at, in a, in a urinal and dude comes into the urinal next to me. Luckily we had the wall blocker. So we weren't that <laughs> intimate. No but trust. Like, I just feel, yeah. It wasn't a peeker. I just feel him like whatever. So, you know, I finish right when he finishes peeing and he's like, Hey well, man, hey, hey Jerry rephrase that. You're, you're not finishing. Like, let's not, let's not put it. Peeing, that peeing, peeing. Okay, and, uh, and he's like, Hey man, I just want to say real big fan of yours. And I'm like, cool. I oh, appreciate that. And, Without washing hands, goes for the shake. Like, put his hand out to, like, say, appreciate your work. I'm like, did you, did we not just witness the same thing? I peed, you peed. Let's go. I said, buddy, let's go wash up first. What do you say? Let's go scrub up, <laughs> a little, little air dry, and then we'll shake hands. And then this other time, I had uh, this woman came up to me, and she was, you know, she'd be a little forward, I would say. And which is all good, but then she wanted to take a picture, whatever. All right. Like, let, like let's the, the, the cell phone was a cool invention. Cause no longer do you have to like, people ask you for autographs. You're like, oh, there's a pen. And what do you want me to write? It's like quick selfie, boom in out. So she takes out her phone to go take the selfie. And it has like her Google history on it. And literally the history on it says Jerry Ferrara net worth. I'm like, you over here just Googling <laughs> oh, wow. net worth and ask me for a picture. Come on, like what are we living in? Come on, Jerry. I took the picture. Do you I remember married her? The... By the way, it's my wife. No, I'm kidding. It's not my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Did not marry her. Do you remember the first time we met? Was it? It was in L.A. Was it L.A.? I was going to say mm -hmm. Anaheim. Was it Anaheim? Yeah, it was. It was Anaheim. So, mind you, this is my first year, right? And we have an off day. We're, we're going to Detroit, but we stay because that year they were in the WBC and Derek was on the team and whatever. Mm -hmm. so oh, right, right, right. We go to the house on the hills. And so it's me, Jeter, Roger Clemens, Jorge Posada, mm -hmm. and Carson Daly. 
Mm-hmm. Jerry comes in and he was like, we have the dealer, no deal girls. It is an absolute monstrosity. And he goes, remember. he goes, holy shit. I play this in a TV show. You guys actually do this in real life. <laughs> I said, this is like, literally, we were like shooting this scene two days ago. Like we, we, this yes. is what we're trying to, and people sometimes will say, oh, entourage is too far fetched and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah. Okay, sure. Well, I just walked in and I saw it right in front of my eyes and it would, there was no cameras there. Fortunately. Uh, yes. I do remember that. Um, yeah, that was, that was, uh, I always had the rumor, but I think Jeter confirmed it that when on the road, he used to check in the hotels and the alias Johnny drama. I think that was a thing. Yeah. We never checked in as our own name. You can't definitely. You can't. I think he was an entourage fan. I think he wanted to go Johnny drama. Hilarious. You were George Jefferson Java. Yeah, because I was moving on up. I was I was a fat kid from the north side, and I moved on up, so I had to be George Jefferson. I love that. That's good. Jerry, wanted to ask you about your the moment you got bit by the the acting bug and and made that journey out west. And did uh, life imitate art in in the sense you had some some friends and some bros from back in New York that came with you? So. You know, honestly, no, it was quite the opposite because, you know, I grew up in Bensonhurst, Brooklyn, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so I'm soon to be 44. So late 80s, but the 90s really were, you know, I was 10 to 20 years old from 90 to 2000. So those were my those were my very formative years. And it was just not a popular job choice where I was from, you know, and for me. I didn't grow up like in the theater and and I didn't even really know what acting was. It was more so I was just a movie and TV geek as a kid. When my friends started really going out and getting into trouble and I was either playing sports or Friday nights, I'd go hang out with everyone. And the minute I saw trouble starting to happen, I just would go home and pop in a movie. And that was it. It And that's what piqued the interest. It wasn't until... You know, I was a really good student until like high school. And then that's where I just was done with school. My high school was ridiculous. I had like 4,000 students in it. It was not really, it was a tough place to learn. But by the time I got to college and I went to like a small community college, I was just done with school. That's where I took my first acting class and had this teacher who, you know, he's an older guy, used to star in plays on Broadway. And for whatever reason, he really broke my balls. Like he was like on me all the time and everyone else got A's just for showing up and me, he was given this hard time and it's cause he actually thought I was decent and had some talent. So, you know, I, I did some plays and I, I signed with an agency and I, I remember telling my mom, I was 19 years old. I'm like, I'm moving out to LA. I'm going to try. I'd rather go and find out for myself mm-hmm. if I could do this, then, then always wonder, but no, no one came. I mean, I still remember the night before I moved, one of my best friends, we had like a little party and he's like walking me, like we're walking back to our houses. We lived near each other. And he's like, you'll be back in two months. <laughs> That's what he said to me before I left. You'll be back in two months. And I was there for 20 years. Oh. Jeez. Wow. And I'm still story. going, you know, I just don't live in LA anymore, but I'm still, and I'm still going. Hey, good for you. Not living in LA anymore. Personally. I've, I've been there once. Oof. Oof. I, it's a, I have a love hate with LA and I, I don't know how much, time you guys have all spent there different parts of your life if you have not a week yeah it's like i always say with la when when you're doing well in la and uh 
things are happening, it's 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 heaven. It's like the greatest place on earth. When things are a little rocky for you and it gets a little tougher, that's where it gets. It's one of the loneliest places on earth. I find, you know, uh, and I've tasted both. I've been really high and on top while I was there. And I've hit a lot of lows while I was there. Um, it's a, it's a great, it, it was a great place to spend all those years. I'm, I'm happy, but at this point with kids, I just, I want, I want just some different stuff. Jerry, quickly here to, to take this back to sports. You mentioned the fact growing up, you're such a, a movie and TV geek. I got to get the take it. I wish this question was more original. It's not. But in your opinion, what's the greatest sports movie of all time? No, it, listen, it's not a, an original question, but uh, it, it's actually something that I've, I spent a lot of time thinking about. And I might even be doing some content based around this very idea because uh, so you could ask someone what their favorite movie is and you're going to get such a variety of answers. With sports movies, you tend to get like the same 10 movies, right? That people will decide to pick. If I had to pick just one, it is such a tough question because there's ones as a kid that mean a lot to you. Like the Sandlot to me as a kid mm. meant so mm. much to me as a movie. But do, do you do the sports movie via the sport or just the overall movie? Because you see a movie differently than we will ever see a movie because we've never been in them. So you know what goes into it. So do you break it down as like, individual sport like because i'll always say hoosiers right like that and that's probably mine that's probably mine too and i will go sandlot because i was a fat kid from the north side of lincoln <laughs> and that's what we played in we played in right. a gravel lot and that's what we did but then also i'm like bull durham is a great perspective Ooh. of what minor league baseball is yes so i think there's so many dynamics of it and it's it's always so interesting and my son's going to be 18 years old and he's going to college and all these other things and we we see it differently and for me as a baseball but you like and when elijah asked that it's like movies you see it completely different if it's really like i'll never forget when they did moneyball i was sitting at marquee with jonah hill and he goes what do you guys think of that and he goes we obviously had to hollywood it up and I was like, well, I've played with four of those guys that were involved right. in the movie. And they're like, well, this really isn't how it went down. But it's just I, I just think that's a great question because you see it completely different than we do. I and I also I auditioned for that part. That was a part that Jonah's part in that movie is a part that every actor around that age, if you liked sports and baseball, wanted. That was the part I, I could close my eyes and I could look, I could. I could be right there auditioning for it in my mind. Uh, I'm with you. I, Did you I do a table to, read for it? No, I didn't get that far enough. No, I, I was, I was, uh, I didn't get to that next level. But, um, and that script was very, Moneyball was very, very different than what it became. There was a, so many iterations of that yeah. movie until it actually got made. And then, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I just look at, look, the one thing that could absolutely ruin a sports movie, and I, I'm sure you guys have to agree, and I don't know why Hollywood does this. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll relate it to something else. I did I did a Clint Eastwood movie. I had a very small part in the movie Sully, right, with Clint Eastwood. Dream, yeah, yeah, Clint yeah. Eastwood, legend, all that stuff. Amazing. What got me that part was his previous movie, I got very close to getting one of the leads. He directed Jersey Boys, right? So I went, you know, it was like a battle. And now look, I, I don't sing. Like I sing a little, I am not a Broadway singer. At some point 
they had to make a decision. Are we going to go with singers who can act or actors who kind of could sing? They made the decision. They went with singers. All those people in the movie would play were in the, the, the play and all that. Similarly with sports movies. I don't know why Hollywood would cast someone if they do not have any idea of their sports experience. There's memes all over the internet of terrible sports in movies, and it drives me absolutely crazy because, yes, we all want good actors. Sacrifice a little bit to make sure the sports look good. Someone needs to regulate this. <laughs> money balls my, no i get it money balls up there just from from my uh age range two of them that i i always laugh at major league and uh, slap shot i'm not a huge hockey guy but slap shot's freaking hilarious those are two apps yeah major league i think i watched a thousand times me and my friends still quote stuff from that movie all the time and now living in like being spending time in cleveland you see what that movie means to this city it's like you know i yeah. think charlie sheen was like just here screening the movie uh but underrated movie that i think is aged interestingly it's a football movie i love the movie the program i don't know if you guys are oh, familiar sure. with the program yeah, yeah. Paul, go look at that movie now and the stuff they were talking about and working on. And that movie is outstanding. Yeah, yeah especially with, with the uh, the scene of, of laying down under the vehicles. <laughs> yeah, why well, they took that scene out. Do you know that? They, yeah, but when I saw it, it was you, in the theater. Same. And, I was a kid, saw it in the theater. And it's the scene where they like it's the like it's in the beginning of the movie. Joe Kane yeah. is on a bender and they go lay down and play chicken in the street with cars. I think Disney produced that movie. They after like three weeks pulled that they pulled it out of theaters, got rid of that scene and put it back in theaters because they thought that was sending a bad message to kids. And it probably was. <laughs> well, they can't make half the movies that they made back then anyways. Now, no, definitely not. <clears throat> But so see, you it's it's that, a very relatable scene, though, yeah. for those of us in Nebraska watching Husker football. You drink on a Saturday, wow. you watch Nebraska lose in heartbreaking fashion. You want to go lay down in traffic. I've been there. <laughs> Damn, Elijah, <laughs> shit. You know it's true. <laughs> he went real dark. Do you, Jerry, do you have a college team? I don't. And this is... Do you want one? Well, I do. I, I joke around with like my in-laws here. I tell them just to be a, a pain in the ass. I'm going to root for Michigan because they're all OSU over here. Obviously, <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, they're all Ohio State, right? That's yeah, all. Yeah. It's everywhere. So I'm like, what would be a cool heel move? Would be go root for their biggest rival. But no, New York. Growing up, Rutgers wasn't really good at football yet. Syracuse, like six hours away. St. John's had a basketball moment, uh, but hasn't been relevant in God knows how long, really. And yeah, then I moved to L.A. at 20, and I just couldn't adopt the UCLA-USC thing. I tried. I went to a lot of football games as a kid there. It just felt fake. I couldn't do it. So, no, I have no college loyalties whatsoever, and I watch some college sports, but I would watch more if I had a loyalty. Come out to Nebraska. We'll show you a good time at a Husker game. Yeah, that, yeah, that was the last college football game I went to was Wisconsin versus Nebraska when Russell Wilson was still the quarterback for the Badgers. So it's been a while since I've been to a college football game. At the same time, you've done a movie with Gabrielle Union, who's from Omaha. Did she That's ever right. talk about Nebraska? She has talked about Nebraska. Yes, she's mentioned it uh, quite a few times. I uh, think she really enjoyed growing up there. Yeah, she's a proud. I think she was she might have even worn like a Nebraska T-shirt before we got into like wardrobe and shot that day. Yeah. 
Yeah, she literally, and she comes when she comes. She gets, she gets after it. She, she she's does. Pretty, she's pretty good at what she does. Yes, she's excellent at everything yeah. she does. Yeah, well, yeah. It's, it's her and Adam Devine are the two like most notable Husker fans in Hollywood. Larry the Cable Guy used to be up there, not so much within the past decade. He's still a, a proud Husker fan, obviously, but he hasn't been in Hollywood as much. But Adam Devine still talks about how in middle school he got hit by a cement truck. I'm not sure if you've heard this story or not. Got hit by a cement truck on his way home from school and was in the hospital for like a month. And he said Tom Osborne and the Huskers was like the only thing that got him through that, that hospital month is every single week looking forward to a Saturday to be able to watch the Huskers on TV. So it's wow. Gabriel Union and Adam Devine are the two big time Husker fans in Hollywood right now. So good company, Jerry. It's a good ring of honor. It's a good ring of honor. Tommy Frazier. Yeah. Jerry, what what projects are, are you involved with now and, and what's on the horizon? Tell us what you've been up to. Well, fortunately, it does seem like all the uh, strikes that have been going on are officially over. The writer's strike ended uh, about a month ago, which is good. And I think as of today, uh, the Screen Actors Guild is voting to ratify the agreement now. So there hasn't been work in five months, which is crazy. Up until the strikes, uh, you know, not a lot of people know this, but I've always also been into writing and I've written a lot. And, uh, wrote two episodes of Entourage in the final season and I've, I've sold some scripts over the years. And then, uh, but you know, acting always, I don't want to say gets in the way, but you know, that's what, that's what I do. And that's what people hire me more often to do than write. But about, I guess about a year ago, Courtney Kemp, the uh, creator and showrunner power, you know, she's now at Netflix and has a new show. And she asked if I wanted to come write and produce, which means you, spend time in the writer's room with the whole staff and write the episodes and really get like the inside look at how the, how the sausage is made, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, that's been great. And unfortunately, like I said, May 1st, it went like pencils down and the strike happened and we all just had to stop. So hopefully we're all going back to going back to work very, very soon. Cause I'm also going to act in that one as oh, well great. for Netflix. So that would be, that would be great. And I think we're now, that much closer to everyone going back to work do you uh you just with some of your social media activity uh how often do you get out to golf i mean do you get to go on several golf trips uh, a year tell us a little bit about that we're all three fans of golf uh, okay. i'm not gonna i'm not gonna speak for java but uh, elijah and i need a lot of work we like playing it we're not any good at it <clears throat> well let's just say uh Every chance I get, is that a good answer for a great golf? answer? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm absolutely obsessed uh, to the point where um, my wife calls it like my golf mood where <laughs> she won't even know if I'm golfing, but she'll like come downstairs. It's like bacon, egg and cheese on the table. Kids are dressed. House is clean. It's like, what is going on? What? I mean, I, I tend to do that stuff anyway, but I'm just, and I'm like morning, honey, here's your, here's your coffee. And, anything else like she's like you're golfing today aren't you i'm like absolutely right and that's why i'm in such a wonderful mood uh because it's gonna be 18 holes of peace and quiet and serenity and then i'll torture myself with my own golf game but yeah i i, I love i love golf it's probably my biggest obsession right now i'd say jerry we that's like literally we need to get you out here like we have great golf courses we actually have the most golf courses per capita than anybody in the country so weather-wise, then what year, you know, season that do you gear back up what April? Is it golfable in April or by the way, it's 70 degrees. We can golf right now. 
is it 70? I gotta see if it's 70 degrees. No, here. it is totally. It's, it's 70, yeah. but it'll be it'll be 42 in a week. But you know, it'll be dark again. by five o'clock. So what if I take you? No, but I know I'm into this. What if we do? We figure out a way. It was April or maybe May, and then maybe we do another pod so we can call it work. You know, yeah. we could just do it like that. Well, early just, May we'll from the country. Early May. Shoot for. Early May? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm in. Listen, I don't need much. I actually, I have um a partnership with BetMGM, and I have to travel. I'm going to like the NBA midseason tournament in Vegas. And I'm very excited for the basketball, but I'm more excited because I'm bringing my clubs. I don't care if I have to go play myself. I'm going, I'm playing Shadow Creek. Bottom mm-hmm. line. Nice. Have to. Have to. You know what? We'll we'll get you out here too. And and there we have some really cool places here too. I don't know if you've heard about the Sand Hills. Yes, I have. Oh, of course. Can we play there? Of yeah, course I have. J- can Jabba can get you on. I got nothing for you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, all we need is one guy. We need one Vince to get us on the course. Yes, and, and we'll carry your clubs. <laughs> no, we'll make it happen. But you need, to, you need to come too for a Husker football game. Like that experience is beyond anything. And I think you as a sports fan love those moments of just having fun and being around it. I think that's an, an absolute must if you are a sports fan to come to Memorial and just walk around because nobody gives a shit who you are. Right. They just like, hey, take a shot, have fun, hang out. I, I'll take you up on all that, honestly. As I as I get older, it's like those are the things I I look forward to some golf, a once in a lifetime, go, you know, go see a Nebraska game. Like that's the stuff I, I look forward to. And I want to get my kids used to seeing stuff like that. You know, Nebraska's at Ohio state next year. Oh, uh, UCLA is also coming to Lincoln. Yeah. That could be another interesting one. Well, what time of year is, is Nebraska at Ohio state? Is it early in the season or later? It's going to be October. October. Let me give you a date here. Well, Jerry. if you guys want to go to that game, and then we could probably we could still play some golf in October. I could handle October twenty sixth. Yeah, that, that'll we do about three road shows a year, and we even went to Ireland a year ago for our for our road shows. So amazing. Uh, so yeah, we'll have to circle that Elijah and Jabba for the uh, the twenty sixth. Go to Columbus. Let me check my schedule. I'm good. (laughs) Jerry, you've already given us so much of your time. We really appreciate it. So I want to get you out on this. You talk about the things in life that you look forward to, and you talk about how much of a Knicks fan you are. And I need to get your thoughts. What in your life would you give up for the Knicks to go win a title? Oh, man. By the way, before you answer this, we talked about this off off air, and it was like Elijah's one thing is like, I'm going to tell you right now, he'd give his left nut. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I do have two kids, so I guess maybe I don't need them both. The nuts, I'm not, not the kids, the nuts. Good, good uh, clarification. Well, well, here's how I'll flip it back. Okay, uh, I like I said, the Yankees have spoiled me. The Giants have spoiled me. You know those two championships against the Brady, you know Patriots. So I'm gonna give up a, I'm gonna give up a championship if 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 that's possible. How about that? Can I trade a championship oh, for another oh. championship? That's an interesting one. So, okay, I'm not going to touch. Which one would the, you trade, though? Which one would you trade? Well, I'm not going to touch the two giant wins versus Brady and the Patriots because you need them both. I'm not going to touch the 1990 Giants Super Bowl because that was the first one where I kind of knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. I was nine years old. So 
I'm not going to touch the Rangers 1994 because that's like their only Stanley Cup since 1940. So it brings us to the New York Yankees. Now, this is tough. This is wow. Tough. No, no. But listen, Ouch. we have a plethora to choose from. Okay. Not Which gonna one touch, are you taking away? Which one are you taking touch away? Not going to touch 96 because that was the first. Not going to touch the sweep against the Padres. Love that one. Uh, I think the, the second one versus the Braves I could I could do without if I had to trade uh, one. I want to keep the 9 one. You know, the I thought, I thought you were going 9 I thought you were going 9 no, I'm not going to do that. I'm too many, too many, too many guys. That's some of those guys' first ones and only one. You know, I got to keep those. But that that second one versus the Braves, you know, at that point we were just stacking. We were just stacking rings. So I would like to take that ring, give it, put it back in the Infinity Gauntlet, whatever, and rip out a Knicks championship ring. If that's okay, okay you. you can't take that. Mind you, like that breaks my heart a little bit too, because as a kid from Lincoln, Nebraska, we got TBS, so we got to watch the Braves every game. <laughs> so I was a Braves fan, right? But I wouldn't take 09 away either. Like I can't. I mean, you literally can. opening opening up a stadium, winning a championship, and the way we did it, and the people that they brought in. If you were going to say 09, I probably would have just canceled your phone number and not ever talked to you again. <laughs> no, and I'll, I'll leave you with this funny story then about 09. So uh, we, I think we were talking for a while, you know, toward the end of Entourage, we had almost like a guest list of other actors and athletes who called wanting to be on the show, right? But, mm -hmm. you know, we would handpick depending on our loyalties. We had a lot of Yankee fans on set. Java, to the point where like, I remember when I heard your name for the first time, it was our first AD, our assistant director, Gary Goldman, who's a big Yankee fan on the walkie. We were on walkies on set going, you got to come see this Java guy. He's throwing like 102 miles an hour. You got to go come check this out. We like ran to the TV. I remember the first time I heard your name, it was on the set of, uh, of entourage, but we really wanted to get some Yankees on the show. And we reached out to like a rod and, Tashera, Jeter, and a bunch of guys, and no response, really. But then we did get word, I think it was from A-Rod, who said, I will never be on the show unless I win a World Series. So after that World Series happened, we called the bluff. Yeah, you did it on the field. A, and, and, and yeah, we shot them on him on the field with Tashera. Him and Tex, and I, yeah. I was back in L.A. faking it, so like, you know, all those guys are shooting with them on set. I'm back in L.A. on the phone talking to, like, you know, myself basically yeah. acting that and, and you didn't put me on so we can that's our mistake Java. On that one. we owe you for we owe you one. i owe you one man that one's on me <laughs> you're right that was a mistake so uh you're owed one got it jerry will do this again man nice to spend time with you thanks for jumping on triple play i had a great time uh yeah and let's play some golf